Some of my favorite shows growing up as a kid were The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Family Matters. Now, aside from them being both classic sitcoms and hilarious, both shows centered around families that I wish I could have been a part of. See, neither the Banks nor the Winslows were perfect. They each had their fair share of problems, and they argued, but they always seemed to settle their disagreements by sitting down, talking to each other, and coming up with solutions that benefit all the people involved. My family is not like the sitcoms. Growing up in my house was like, was like waking up every day in a minefield. We had to be cautious and walk carefully around our issues or everything would start to explode. My family has a basement full of damaged memories and closets overflowing with empty liquor bottles echoing secrets. I've heard whispers of cheating husbands and abortions, but they always seem to get swept under the rug. And I suppose this is how I learned to be a hoarder. How I was taught to gather all this hurt, but still keep it hidden from everyone. My family says not every story belongs on a stage. Says the narrative we give should only focus on the good moments. When I broke character and tried to overdose, they closed the curtain. When I wrote poems about being abused, they tried to cut my mic off. When I told my story anyways, my father said I needed to act right. And my father, such a bold character, is he that walking demolition? I still don't know if he is a proud man filled with stubborn and anger or a troubled boy who buries his fear in the palm of his hands. I've watched him as he bulldozes his fear, his fist through every hallway of every house. And I hold the days when I can tell myself at least it's not my mother this time. At least he never got to me and I can only hope that the holes in the wall will serve as some type of metaphor for all the pain trying to escape but mommy doesn't like a messy home so we hang picture frames all over the house and say look at how happy we are in the photo don't pick it up it looks perfect exactly where it is and despite all the destruction behind us we just keep smiling we keep silent we just keep cleaning up the mess and pretending this is normal we hide it all all the pain, all the secrets, all the tears, all the fighting, all the bruises. My family is not sitcom material, but we do know how to play our parts. We memorize our lines. We stay in character. We stick to the script and never expose what happens behind the scenes. I used to want a family like the ones I saw on TV. I wanted to be happy like the Banks or the Winslows. And then I realized it's just a TV show. But maybe, maybe my family is like theirs. They're all actors. Just like us. And that was Anita D performing Family Matters. That was deep, y'all. Y'all like that one? I like that one too. Episode number 16, Words I Never Said Podcast. Let's go. your host God's Inc and you are now listening to episode number 16 of the words I never said podcast sweet 16 how about that appreciate y'all for tuning in man thank you for listening thank you for riding with me on this long journey uh, thus far but I'm gonna get right into the rant so I know I'm not alone with this <laughs> and I don't understand the meaning of this either Okay. What is the purpose of the PP dream? Now, don't sit here and act like y'all never had the PP dream before. You know, when you was laying there 
and all of a sudden you feel like you I mean you in your dream you at the toilet. You know what I'm saying? You you at the toilet. Then all of a sudden you you think it's safe, right? Why wouldn't you think it's safe? Because you sometimes dreams are so real, right? They are so real. And you feel like this is really happening. And so you feel like you really at the toilet. And then you start you start peeing, right? And then all of a sudden you realize that you're not at the toilet. You really just in your bed and now you got pee all down your leg. Now you now you got pee in the bed. Like you now you nasty. Now you gotta get up and get a shower. And it, it's in the middle of the night, right? Nobody wanna get up. Get in the shower. And I know some of y'all nasty. Some of y'all probably just lay there and be like, I'ma take care of it in the morning. That's nasty. Y'all nasty for doing that. You gotta get up. You gotta get in the shower. You gotta wash that pee off. You gotta change the like it's a lot of work that come from that pee pee dream. Like and I don't understand the like why is it happening? I don't even know. Is it like cause I know God is a jokester, right? Sometimes he can't be, right? So Look at look at a giraffe. Like if you can't look at a giraffe and be like, God got a sense of humor. I don't know what's wrong with you. He's a long neck animal, and he just just long neck. Like you you can see, man. <laughs> you ever seen those nature documentaries where it shows how they fight and they just swinging their necks at each other? Like that's hilarious. That's proof that God got jokes, right? So I'm sitting there, I'm thinking like maybe this is another joke from God. Like maybe he just ah. Uh, let me make let me make him pee on himself. Let me make let me make her pee on herself. That's funny. That's funny. Like yeah. All right. It's not, like what you what you gonna say to God though? If this is from God, what you gonna say to him? Like oh guys, you you got me. That's funny because you know he could he could he could really wreck shop. You know if you say the wrong thing, so you gotta tread lightly. But what if it's not him, right? What if it's just your mind playing tricks on you, like that ghetto boy song, mind playing tricks on me. Like I should probably should have had that plan. But what if it's just your mind playing some evil tricks on you, right? And it's your now it's your body working against you. Like what kind of what kind of that's <clears throat> that should be in a movie or something. Like I know it probably already is, or your body is working against you and it's conspiring all these different things to put you in a bad situation. Like I don't get it. I don't get it, man. It's just annoying. And now it's even gotten to the point where <laughs> I'll go to the bathroom, right? And I will think that I'm dreaming for a second, right? <laughs> and so I'll, and you know, fellas, I don't know, if, ladies, if y'all like this, but fellas, if you stop in the middle of a, your stream, it, it's it's a it's a it's not comfortable at all, right? Y'all feel me? Y'all feel the say word word? I right, so <laughs> y'all feel me? What? It's just a different. You you don't want to stop in the middle of your stream. So when I'm at the and I'm at the toilet and. It just happens every once in a while. Like I feel like this could be a dream, and so I, after I'm, you know, start and the stream going, then I realize, all right, I'm not dreaming. I can, I can, I can pee in peace at that at that moment. You know, I can pee in peace. So I don't know what's I don't know what's going on, man. I don't like the pee pee dream. I I don't know who does like the pee pee dream, but it just has to stop. Like we gotta we gotta have we gotta come up with a cure. For the pee pee dream where you can just swallow a pill and you don't have to worry about having the pee pee dream and those that that's curious no i haven't had the pee pee dream you know i haven't had that in a while actually thank you very much i haven't had it in a while but some of y'all we ain't gonna talk about this yes we is some of y'all even nastier because i know some of y'all listening probably didn't stop peeing in the bed till y'all was like 10 years old it's some y'all was probably that cousin that nobody wanted to sleep in the bed with when they went over your house because 
they knew your mattress was full of piss, right? And it had the yellow stain that just couldn't get, it couldn't come out because you peed in the bed so much. That's probably you. That's probably you. And if it is you, you nasty. And I just told your business. Y'all stay tuned, man. I got LGB, lyrically gifted brother coming through. We're going to talk about slam, the art of slam. You know what I'm saying? That's going to get interesting. I'll be right back. Coming through, uh, better known as lyrically gifted brother. What's going on, man? Fellow, fellow New Orleans native, right? Am I right? You all the way correct, man. I appreciate being on, man. Thank you for having me, man. I'm trying to be like you, man. Ah, oh, man, relax, man. I'm just doing small things, man. You, you slamming all across the all across the nation, bro. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't like that. I ain't doing that. Man, look, but look, I'm slamming across the nation and getting my butt whipped, man, because these youngsters out here, they ain't no joke. Oh, so they coming for the spot? <laughs> they done took the spot. <laughs> <laughs> they done took the spot, bro. Oh, well, these man. young, man, mainly in Dallas, man, these, man, look, they got me like Brett Favre out here, man, Drew Brees, man. <laughs> They trying to they trying to make sure you still got it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's that Andre Three Thousand online, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I, was, I was the same wavelength with you, bro. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, man. So, well, let me go back up a little bit. How how long have you been performing poetry? Um, I've been performing honestly, bro, since like the, since two thousand. You know, I took a break in two thousand and five once the hurricane hit. And I didn't start back until um, 2009 when I moved to Dallas. Okay. So, so yeah. 2009. So, you've been writing for a minute. So, how have you been slamming just as long or did that start later? Well, it started actually a year later in um, 2000, you know, because I was on the very first New Orleans National Poetry Slam team when I was living in New Orleans. And um, it was sponsored by True Brew. Um, um, cafe and a, a young lady named um, Asali, man, black women, man, be doing powerful things, man. But so I was on that team from 01 to 03. And then, you know, I took a break in 04, then the hurricane hit in 05, moved to Dallas, you know, took a, you know, took a break until 09, mm -hmm. you know, so, and then. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Now, and then once in um, 09, you know, I got back on the scene. Then, you know, I came in contact with a lot of Dallas poets out here. Mm -hmm. So what made you what made you want to get into slam? Well, slam, honestly, I mean, I'm a competitive person, you know, and um, when I first started slamming, you know, I love the high energy. I love the performance, you know, I love the entertainment, you know, of slam because slam is more high energy, you know, and um, and just a competitive nature. Uh -huh. So you so you get your you get your competition fix from from slamming. Exactly. Yeah, man. And then, you know, just the shit talking, yeah. you know, that's the fun part oh, so about it. Be, 
Y'all you know, back but and forth, like talking crazy to each other. Man, man, look, like that's what like a lot of people don't know. Like when you on a Dallas Slam team and you in them practices, oh yeah, man, we talking, man. Look, it's yeah. bad. It can it get real personal. Like you can't beat me. You ain't ever beat me like that. Yeah, man, look. Somebody but, need to get somebody. Yeah, need but, to get, uh, somebody need to get huh? a video, uh, recorder and record that, man. Because I know y'all be going back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> now look. That's the that's the behind the scenes stories right there, yeah, man. Yeah, for real, them behind the scenes, that behind the scenes footage, like that dream team uh, practices that nobody really know about. Yeah, <laughs> that footage right there. We need to see what's going on, man. Well, like the stories over the years, like the confrontations, like it didn't got serious, man. In practice, man, for real. So yeah, I'm gonna just leave it at that, man. It didn't so got have serious. You, have you gotten uh, like developed like some? I don't want to say enemies because they don't really get no like Tupac and Biggie type stuff. But have you developed like uh, animosity towards it? Towards you ain't got to name names or nothing, but has Slam caused animosity towards other poets? Honestly, bro, I can be honest. No, you know because you know if somebody ever had beef, I you know during Slam, it had to be something you know that was that was triggered by something else. Mm-hmm. Or personal, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. So I, I mean, because I've never, you know, experienced no beef. Now, you know, people feel like a slam team or whatever is, um, you know, kind of, you know, standoffish. If um, that's if that's the correct word, but it's not. Mm. You know, people feel like you know it's clickish, but it's not. Because if you on a slam team for a year. And you spending time with the same same five six people, yeah, yeah. you know that, that that relationship that chemistry is gonna develop naturally. You know what I'm saying? That's just gonna be exactly, yeah. exactly. And to imagine being on a team with somebody for three four years straight. You know, being on a team with the same three four people for like. Three, four yeah. years straight. So, of course, that bond grows. And, you know, y'all be hanging out in public a lot. Y'all have personal, you know, events like a lot. You know, y'all just really hang out. But one thing about when I was on Dallas Slam, they always welcomed everybody, mm-hmm. bottom line. You know, everybody was always welcome. Now, what happened personally, probably with certain people, that's on them. You know, because... You know, it's not perfect. Some people, you know, grown adults have disagreements and stuff mm-hmm. do happen. You know, so if somebody had like animosity towards somebody, you know, it probably stemmed from something mm-hmm. personal. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, but shit happens. Yeah, man, stuff I, happens. I, like I have noticed because I haven't even I haven't been on a, any slam teams. I haven't tried out for any, but I have noticed that that you guys you guys could y'all y'all like a nucleus you know what i'm saying and now i, I really understand like y'all like y'all are literally a team like an nfl team a, a basketball team where y'all be around each other for so long and now y'all like brothers and sisters you know what i'm saying and so that's the bond right there that's just the bond period it's not like y'all saying get away from me, yeah. get away from me. it's just like y'all tight you know what i'm saying that's just it y'all tight it, it, yeah you know it's like people who you grew up with you know in your childhood, you know, your friends, you know, you've been around, around them for years. So, of course, if y'all click, yeah. y'all tight. And, you know, with every friendship, every relationship, you know, they have their 
you know, squabbles, you know, but some can be resolved, some can't, and that's just the way it is. You keep it moving. So how many slams have you competed in? Like, is it too many to to, to count? <laughs> you like will you like will change? Oh well, right? like <laughs> oh, you mean like individual slams? Oh, how many? Like, can you estimate? Oh man, it had to man. Oh yeah, it's it's probably over a thousand, bro. For real, no. Yeah, man. Like from two thousand and one all the way up until now, if not over two thousand. I mean, because from the traveling. You know, plus the local slams, the inner city slams, the small mm-hmm. slams, the, you know, going to like this little coffee house. Oh, we having a slam. The online slams. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah, man. It then got kind of yeah, exhausting. Man. Man. What, so what's, what's your mindset going into a slam? Kill everybody. Oh, yeah. Jesus, keep it real. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I mean, like, die, like, um, uh, poet Don Juan had this poem, you know, years ago called um, "I Am a Slam Poet," and he had the he had a line and a poet, but the line was facts. He and basically the line was, "Off this stage, we friends, but on stage, I'm trying to murder you." You know, and like because my mindset is, you know, honestly, win because my thing is this: I'm not gonna travel. No, 300 miles. I'm not going to spend no 50, 75 to 100 dollars for an entry fee just to show up and do poems. No, I want to, you know, shit, I want to win. And, you know, and like, you know, when and and when people say, oh, I just want to share my work, nigga, go to an open (laughs) mic. I mean, if you, I mean, if you want to pay a registration fee and give your money away, cool. But I can't do that. I got four kids. So if I'm sacrificing money for slam, I'm going to try to yeah. win. Yeah, you you trying to eat for real. Like you ain't you ain't playing. It, exactly. So I see that's where the competition like aspect comes in. Cause that that even that drives it even further. Like um, like I'm thinking of how how Jordan he he would have all like friends, but when you got on that court, it's like, nah, bro, I'm I'm coming at your throat. I'm trying to take you out. That's the same thing with the, uh, with the slam. Exactly. It, bro, honestly, from my experience and my opinion, I would say probably 85 to 90% of the of, of slam poets feel that way because you got to look at it. If you have a family, a girl, kids, or whatever, all the time you spend practicing and writing, you taking time away from spending time with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a whole different... Yeah, You know... Yeah. Exactly. So you got to make yeah. it worth it. You know, like, you know, my daughter be like, you know, my um five-year-old now, you know, I try to explain to her like where I'm going and what I'm doing. And the first thing that, you know, she asked me was, Daddy, did you win some money to buy me some toys? <laughs> That's the first. <laughs> she don't care about nothing else. All she care about is money for toys. And oh, that's man, it. I know, but I got I got two girls, man. They got me wrapped around their fingers, so I feel you, bro. I exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, it's like, yeah, I got it here. Take it, whatever you want. <laughs> you exactly, it. take it all. Exactly. That's all good, man. So, all right. So, I know that you your mindset is going into a slam is you want to kill, right? But I also know that the judges yeah. play a big part of uh, of that whole situation. So, how do you? Like when you go in, do you, are you studying the judges? Do you do you pay attention to what they 
would they give a good score from for another poet or that any any of that cross your mind or do you just go up there and do what you was gonna do? Honestly, actually, as for me, I do because what people gotta understand, you got five random people judging you. So of of course, if I don't like what what I try and do before I get into the venue, I run my poems. All the poems that, that I have in my arsenal that I may use that night. When I get into the venue and a slam starts, I'm listening to every poet that performed, you know, before me. If I'm not first or second, then I'm going to listen to, you know, I listen to the sacrificial poet. I see how the judges judge them and so on and so forth. Now, if I'm right after the sacrificial poet going first, then I try to gauge, you know, I still try to peep out how the judges may score that sacrificial poet. And I try to gauge off mm-hmm. that and just I try to do my best piece I have in my arsenal out the gate, bottom mm-hmm. line, you know, and just try to go from there. So, like, if the poet who sacrificed and do a poem about, you know, uh, deadbeat dads and that and it don't score high, then I'm not going to do no poem about deadbeat mm-hmm. dad. Yeah. I'm going to switch up to something else that's in my mm-hmm. arsenal. Yeah, that, that makes sense. But, but yeah, yeah, but. I do try and judge the judges. Bottom line. So would you would you rather go first or last? Oh, last. I, I mean, people have one going first also, but it's just it just the man. It's it's so it's more complicated to win going first because score creep is real. You know, you might come out with with your best poem going first and get like a 28. But as the night goes on, the fifth or sixth poet on a list, the judges then got more relaxed and the scores are going up. Now, the average score that was a 9.2 is now a 9.8, 9.7. So, and that score creep, and you like, damn. But a lot of slams now have found ways to break down so that won't happen. You know, like if like when um I was on screen time um slam online, the way that they do it now, I mean um it was um after randomizer slam. They if it's ten poets that's in a slam, they break it down to five and five and take the top two poets from each the top poet from each five and do it like that and get two winners. And that's and that's so you won't be affected by score creep. Cause score creep is real. Score creep, yeah, yeah. This, this is all new to me, bro. Like I said, I don't, I, I haven't slammed. I've maybe slammed like a handful of times. So, and it's been a while. So this is all new to me. I never heard that term before. Yeah, score creep. Yeah, it's real. So, it's have real. You, uh, have you ever seen like poets really? Like I know you say y'all, y'all joking, um, and y'all, y'all kind of joking getting to it on the slam teams. But outside of y'all team, have you ever seen like? one slam team member get into it with a whole nother different slam team member to the point where it's like uh, like friction and tension and you feel like something's going to pop off? Has it ever gotten that bad? I mean, I've seen regular po- man, like I've seen regular poets do that, yeah. you know, and like, you know, these, you know, like a long time ago, you know, these two poets, you know, were slam poets and, you know, like, you know, certainly small comments was made and, you know, on social media, then it, you know, 
it 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 spilled over to the stage and it was bad to where as they wanted to exchange addresses and mm. meet up and just and just go and just go to blows, mm. you know, because one one poet dissed the other poet while like it was like a bigger Tupac thing in person. Like they was dissing each other while the other person was in mm. the building. Yeah. Like that. And and one dude had his girl in the house one night and we and we was like, oh my God, this is bad. And yeah, so yeah, so so, so, so y'all, so they but because a lot of a lot of people had this this mindset where poets is soft and it ain't as hard as the rappers. And it's like this poet had a pistol, like you you don't get a poets be packing, <laughs> poets be bro, poets man, poets pack. We pack yeah, now yeah. for real because it's like how you say they think they think poets uh, are soft. Nah. We just know how to be lovable. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> we know how to we know how to keep a cool head, man. But once that once that exactly office, yeah, we, we just like anybody else. I relate exactly. I can relate to that. Exactly. So um overall, man, because when I talk to other people, um they kind of fit like I get the impression that Slam has a bad rap, you know, where they don't want to uh get involved in it. Like, why do you think Slam has that that rap? I think like um, a, a lot of people feel that way because a lot of poets feel like I don't want my work being judged. Like you can't judge my work. And even when some poets slam, you know, some poets, some judges might give like you think that you got a hot ass poem. You know, you done spit it to your friends at these other venues and the poem is hitting like, yeah. And when you go to certain venues, and you get a judge that might give you a 4.8, you like, wait, what? You mad because, you know, you feel like deep deep down inside, this poem that scored higher somewhere else. You know, or you feel like that, your personal poem is worth more than what somebody has um, given you. And, you know, long story short, some poets just feel like, you know, you can't judge my mm -hmm. work. Or you know, I'm not in it for the you know, I'm not in it for the competition. Slam brings out the worst in some people, you know, and which in some poets it does, mm -hmm. you know. But I think slam. But what poets got to understand, slam is only a door. It is not the mm -hmm. house, because mm -hmm. I know a lot of poets who probably slam one year or haven't slammed at all, and it's real successful without mm -hmm. slam. Some poets just use slam to for the connections, you know, to build their brand and meet new poets in like other cities, you know, because when you go to these out of town competitions and these regional poetry slams, national poetry slams, you meet a lot of people and they help build your brand. It help you book features and so on and so mm -hmm. forth. But some people just don't like the competitive nature of mm -hmm. slam, you know, which is, you know, understandable. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 generally what I hear. Um, just the competition, and then I also heard, um, yeah, I don't want my work being judged and stuff like that. So I I get I get that, but also see the other side of it where there are benefits, like all the stuff you just said. Like there been there are benefits to slamming, whether it's money, whether it's getting getting um uh, I guess catapulted into the atmosphere a little quicker because you can do that quicker through slam. Exactly, Mike. Um, so I, yeah, exactly, I, I definitely see the benefits. So I'm. In the beginning, I was like, like I, I slammed a few times, and I was like, nah, it ain't for me. You know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I never yeah. shut it down because I appreciate the art form. Like, I like 
I'll, I'll, I'll go on YouTube and listen to slam poetry. Like, because that stuff is dope, bro. Like, them, them niggas be up there just spitting. You know what I'm saying? And it's hard, too. Like, yeah. I love it. I just I just don't want to get into it because I don't want to compete. You know what I'm saying? That's just me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So that's, that's just me. Um, So for people that want to go, though, for people that want to slam, like, what's some advice that you would give them? I mean, for people that, you know, want to slam or probably get into it, you know, as far as the performance-wise, man, just just practice your work. You know, try to be diverse. And, like, one of the sayings is always have deep pockets. You know, don't try to stick to, you know, one concept. You know, because people laugh at me because, you know, I um do, like, a lot of funny poems. But the funny poems be kicking ass. Yeah. You know, so you know, because it's different. You know, if you got somebody up there doing a lot of trauma, a lot of depression, uh, you know, sexual assault, then you know, you can go up there and flip that with something funny to lighten the mood and maybe get a higher score. You know, so just always try to be diverse and have deep pockets. Practice your work, you know, practice your poems, you know, you have to practice. Like people always see the finished product on stage, but they never see what you're doing behind closed doors. Like mainly if you're on a slam team, that's why I haven't been on a team lately because the dedication you need to be successful on a team with all these practices, it then got even more demanding. And I'd be like, man, look, I'm trying to be home with my family. Cause you got, you know, cause you got fundraisers, practices, slams, you know, in every so yeah, but and also when you go to slam, just read your room, pay attention, and listen to what these other poets are doing, so you can properly gauge the judges and notice how they are scoring certain points, because that do help out. Now we do have some cocky poets who be like, I don't care what nobody else spitting, I don't care what no judges scoring, I'm going to do me. That's fine. Also, you know, if you got that confidence in your work like that. Handle your mm-hmm. business, you know, because some people can do that. Because I've seen poets who don't set foot inside the venue until their name is called, and they tear they tear mm-hmm. down. Like so, I mean, I mean, so some people they excel differently. I ain't mad at that, but I know for me, I gotta sit there and listen because I'm not that fire, you know. I gotta sit there and listen and see how these judges scoring scoring mm-hmm. these people. I do. I'm yeah, sorry. Like you, you clearly, so, yeah. you clearly out here playing chess with slam poetry. You clearly out here playing chess, reading the judges. I'm trying, man. It's, it's definitely see. I like that aspect of it. Like I didn't. I guess when I was doing it, I didn't really see it that way. Where you got to go in there and play chess. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly like I love playing chess. Like I play chess for hours. So I like I like yeah. that strategy aspect of it. I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't click let that click before. Um, and it's kind of piquing my interest a little bit more right now, honestly. Yeah. And like some people always say, you know, they don't like the strategizing of slam. You know, some people complain about that, you know, which is true. Because me, you know, one of my most important things is point placement. That, that will de- detail if you're going to win a slam or lose a slam where you play your poems at. And that's why you have to go in there and listen and try to play the right poem at the right mm-hmm. time. Because if you play the wrong poem, you could be last. But if you play the wrong poem, you ain't going to mm-hmm. advance. Like, I had, you know, like, I man, look, I joined Houston for a slam, and I had wrote this brand new poem. 
a, a funny poem, and I told it to everybody, and they died laughing. Like, ah, man, that's hilarious. Hello, oh, man. I mean, so, man, so my head was swole with this poem. I'm driving to Houston three hours, then paid my money to slam, and I wasted my gas, and I'm the whole way there. The whole way there, I'm saying, I don't care when I go up, I'm doing this poem because this poem going to yeah. kill. This poem, man, I got there and got a 23.2. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> I was done. I put a post on Facebook that said, well, that didn't work. <laughs> and that was because I went against my own strategy. I didn't read the judges because, okay, honestly, the poem was about sex dolls, right? And how people, when everybody was going going through that sex dolls yeah. craze, and it was like a like a commercial about sex dolls, and my judges were like old people. <laughs> like I had an old black couple, <laughs> I had an old black man, an older Hispanic man, and an older Hispanic couple, and I man that's. <laughs> You was just you was gonna force that but, one on him. You forced that one. Like you gonna I, get this but I, I don't care. Boy, I put that boy, I put that poem on that spoon and force fed them that poem. Boy, they threw up them scores. I was like, oh shoot. Oh yeah. Oops, that ain't man man, them scores are like four point eight. Five point I was like, oh my god, bro. Yeah. Boy, I drove to Houston to get my butt whipped, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the poem, that's, bro, that's, funny. that's a funny story. And the poets I drove down with, boy, they made their ride home long as a mother, bro. <laughs> I bet they did, bro. Yeah, you you got clowned all the way back home. I already know. I would have. All the way back. Exactly, bro. That was like, what in the hell were you thinking? <laughs> Yo, man. So wait, 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 wait. So, so uh, okay, so we we talking about like we talking about uh the slam poetry, and you got three. Is it still three minutes and fifteen seconds? It's not. It's on three minutes with a ten second grace period. If you go. Over, you know, for most adult slams, yeah, if you go past the 10 seconds, then your points start getting deducted. So how do you... So, yeah. Because your poems have to be at that certain limit. How do you make sure you say yeah. everything you want to say in that short amount of time? Because how do you... Yeah, how do you shorten your poems? Because what's that, what's that whole process like? Well... And that's one of the problems why people don't like doing slam also because they feel like I don't want to restrain myself to a time limit. You know, I have a lot to say. But when that happens, like the way that I do it, when I'm writing a poem, you know, I'm timing it as I go. You know, I write a few lines and once I feel like it's, it, it then got long, I would practice it and see how long is it. So if it's like two minutes and 15 seconds, I would write like some more lines mm -hmm. to it. You know, I just try to keep track of how long the poem is getting. Now, sometimes, you know, because I know I can be real with myself. I'm more of an entertaining poet, honestly. So I'm high energy and entertaining. I'm not a great writer. I look at myself as an average writer, but my the entertainment and performance part of me is superb because I can entertain my ass off. So my challenges are 
if I'm not, if I haven't said everything I want to say in a poem, then I have to edit it and cut some things out. If I find myself saying the same thing at different spots in a poem, I start eliminating stuff. Or if certain lines don't make or break the poem, then I take them out and try to make, add more lines that's more of an impact to the subject I'm trying to relate to the masses. And you know, you know, so on and so forth. But then, you know, so you don't want to get caught up in that because sometimes your poem can be too long. And then, you know, because you you may write a good ass poem, but it's too long. And then you find yourself eliminating lines, you know, because you, you got to get it under them three minutes. And my thing is, I try to make sure my poems are not more than two minutes and 50 seconds. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, you know, and that's that's to give myself a grace period. You know, just in case, you know, the crowd reaction or the crowd scream or something during your poem, you want to give yourself time to recover, you know, and yeah, and regain that control of the crowd. Because sometimes you may have to walk over the crowd, Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, because your poem, your poem is to the limit and you don't want a time Mm -hmm. deduction. Yeah. So, yeah. So the process, man, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of. You know, it's hard, but, you know, once that you get used to it, you'll be like, oh, okay. I could like some people are just great writers. Like I, but they, the DFW has some great writers. Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. they do, you know, old school, new school. They do, you know, as far as poets, you know, and it got some, you know, now when you can find a poet, that's a good writer and a good performer, then, then yeah, that, that poet's a problem. Mm-hmm. That poet's that's a problem. Right. Got it, man. I you mean, know, we do. I mean, I, we could literally talk about this all now. I know you outside. Uh, you you about to go on the First Amendment Mondays and, and do your thing up, up there. Um, so I'm a, uh I'm gonna let you get in there. But do you want to spit? Do you have time to spit, or 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 you want to say that for the stage when you go in there? Uh let me see. Um, I can spit you a quick poem, right, quick man. For um 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 before so I go I, in there, I want to I want to make you. Yeah, man. All right, all right let me turn this. Man, it's cool, man. All right, bro. You got it. Um, I'm trying to remember what I did. Damn. Okay, forget it. Here we go. When they breathe, I pray the air they inhale is laced with the courage of Harriet Tubman. So when society attempts to place them on a plantation where pretty is perceived as perfection, I pray that my daughters locate the underground railroad that will lead to the resurrection of what a woman should be. Not the step and fetch version seen on TV labeled reality where throats are replaced by bullhorns, volume and vulgarity set to high entertaining while you eat your popcorn where of the women. That can be that shoulder you can lean on when you need them. The Angela Davis who will help shoot your way to freedom. The passenger in your ride on the road to revolution. My Fannie Lou Hamans, my women who are sick and tired of being sick and tired of seeing bullets. Bully the bodies of blacks in America's backyard while the media manipulate the minds of many through music's mainstream and turn our queens into terrific twerkers who refuse to turn down as long as you bend over 
They will tower above your crown. Let your womanhood, your feminism become a law. Stand your ground. Be sojourn as truth. Ask them. No, tell them. Ain't I a woman too? As if that speech is written across your soul. Become the vengeance, retaliation, results of their sins. The bandit queen, Fulan Davy, became after being raped at 18 years old. Make them behold the brutality a beauty can bring if ever betrayed. The remains behind you are the bones of the men that attempted to stand in your way. I will tell my daughters. Intelligence mixed with a skin label ignorant will cause people to stare. And even after being crowned, the majority of your kingdom will flee before serving a woman elected mayor. But don't let it affect you. There is a cave in your soul to place your feelings. So when you pray to God, use dynamite prayers, detonate your fate as you wait for healing, then place their hate, their doubt, their bigotry on their necks and stand. Your motto, if morning sickness and cramps cannot stop you, why let's man, why let people, you are the parent lines at the end of equality's problems. You are equal. You are the chest compressions that gives unbeaten hearts life. The Coretta Scott to every king that gives him the strength to fight. You are the answers to the questions of who, what, when, where, and how. You are queens. Now claim your thrones. Fix your crowns. Take a stand. And if this world refuses to, then you make them bow. Man. Fire, bro. You you definitely, I love your work, bro. I haven't heard a poem from you that I haven't liked. <laughs> None. <laughs> Every poem. I appreciate it, no man. Doubt, bro. No doubt, man. I appreciate you coming through on a podcast. Um, And uh, I'm going to let you go, but I'm also, um after this segment, I'm going I'm to make sure I'm, I plug all your stuff. I know you got a shirt. Or you you want to talk about it now? Your shirt on your on your IG page? The shirt you got? Yeah, no yeah, no problem, but thank you. Um, yeah, it's my um women empowerment shirt. Um, it's, it's my she be woman shirt. It's inspired by one of the poems I written, you know, and that um I slam with, you know, it's it's um she be woman, she be warrior, protector, provider, savior, survivor, mother, daughter, she be woman, you know, and that's on my um Instagram, which you know I do sell, and I'm starting a um a Instagram live also. And all the donations are going to go to different women charities, you know, because I came to the realization, my dude, how can you talk about women empowerment and not, you know, help try to contribute besides for just poems and putting it on a shirt? So I said, you know what? You know, so once I had that epiphany, I'm saying, you know, you know what? Let me get my stuff together and, you know, use my platform to help out and donate to different women charities that help women. So if, you know, if, um, Anybody want any info on, on that, just follow me on Instagram at LGB Poet. And that's on Facebook, Twitter, and everything. That's my social handle on everything, LGB Poet. Out. Y'all follow LGB Poet. Um, I'm going to definitely cop a couple of them shirts. I know uh, women in my life that will definitely appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, man, you get on stage, man, tonight at First Amendment Mondays and, and blaze it, bro, because I know that's what you're going to do. That's what you on this earth to do, blaze stages. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate it, fam. Thank you for having no me, doubt, man. Bro. For no real, doubt. man. All right, peace. All right, bro. And that was LGB Poet on Instagram and across all social media. 
better known as lyrically gifted brother LGB. That brother's been blazing stages for quite some time now. Um, <clears throat> have always been a fan of his ever since he did that Walmart poem uh, years and years ago. <laughs> that poem was funny. And uh, I think that was around the time I was slamming a little bit. But then I, I quickly got off the scene. Um, but to keep it real, man, I think I think LGB might have uh, sparked my interest to get back out there and slam. Like I didn't like I was saying before, I didn't realize the the strategy aspect of it. And as an avid avid chess player, I can appreciate that that aspect of it. I can pr- appreciate the strategy involved in going up there, writing a dope poem in in three minutes and, and ten seconds, uh, reading the room, uh, seeing with the judges. Like I like all of that. So I don't know, man. Y'all might see me on a slam stage sometime soon. Uh, don't, 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 don't bet your house on it, though, or your your car, or uh, your 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 annihilators or whatever. Just don't bet anything on it because it might not happen. Probably won't happen. But hey, I'm just saying, I'm interested though. Uh, he got me interested. This is episode episode number sixteen of Words I Never Said podcast. Um, and I don't think I have any shout outs except for my cousin. Y'all listen to Max L Sappho uh podcast profane and profound because he's profane and with the cuss words and he'd be profound sometimes because of the extracurriculars that he does and i won't mention because i don't know if it's legal where he's at then i might have just told y'all what he does but uh i didn't say it I, i didn't literally say it hey my bad fam and i said his whole name too (laughs) <laughs> and I should delete it, right? Like I should delete it, but I'm that cousin though. I'm that cousin that's not gonna delete it. And so my bad fam. Um thank y'all for listening. Um if you haven't read the June issue of the Ink magazine, please check it out on the Ink Magazine's Instagram page featuring Geronimo Speaks, Shot Town, Southside Shot Town poet. Uh, we also speak with James Baldwin from the grave man I love doing those those series bro I, I just love doing those series like it's, it's just it's just very very fun to me I love doing it um and we also talked to George Mendez the host of the venue on 35th out in Norfolk Virginia yeah yeah we went to Norfolk to talk to the homie and his awesome open mic he got going brewing in Norfolk and um James Hester in the poet's corner talking about um talking about his self-publishing tips so y'all check all that out uh click on the ink magazine and um and see what we got we also got merch we got stuff that you can buy like shirts and stuff and uh they actually look good because a few people have sent me the pictures and they're like oh yeah he's nice i might need to design a few more i've been kind of slacking on my designing lately but you know I got other pressing issues, but I need to get back on back on that because, um, yeah, I might be a little bit creative uh, with the art and stuff. But, um, yeah, that's it. I thank y'all for listening. Um, and if you have a PP dream, please remember to get up, put your nasty self in the shower and wash your seats. Don't just turn over and, and sleep on the other side of the bed. <laughs> don't, don't just sleep on the other side of the bed, like because that's still nasty and you still got pee on you. So, I mean, the dreams happen. It happens. Just don't go back to sleep. That's all I'm asking. Um, 
thank you once again for tuning in. I appreciate it. Um, and if you are interested in featuring or being on the podcast or whatever, just hit me up on the Instagram and we can talk. Inbox me. I'm willing to listen to what you have to say. And if I like what you have to say, then maybe we could talk about it on the podcast. If not, then maybe we can, uh, you know, talk about it in the inbox and leave it there. Uh, yeah. I'll let y'all next week. Stay safe. Please stay safe and wash your filthy hands. And wash your body if you pee in the bed. Y'all nasty. Y'all nasty. Ah, y'all nasty. <laughs>